0: All right, welcome back. I'm Ethan Millard. I've got Holly Richardson here. Holly Richardson, uh, if you need you? an introduction, is past Utah State Legislature, current <laughs> editor of Utah Policy, so you know a woman of some renown, and uh, <laughs>
1: well, maybe only in my own mind. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're co-hosting live, Mike today. Uh, me, well, you know me. You can find me and Alex Curie on the Nightside Project, uh, which is a great podcast. You can hear it on KSL News Radio powered by any Hour services. So we've been taking some texts, five, seven, five, zero, zero. And I know we're going to kind of move on to the, to the, uh, to the monuments, right. The Utah monuments, yeah. which, uh, president Biden is widely expected. Although There's been no announcement as he's expected to, uh, um, reestablish maybe even the original boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, but, uh, I wanted to give a little shout out to Daniel, Daniel Beard, who texted in Hi, I may actually agree with Ethan about the whole unity thing. And thank you, Daniel. You're obviously a man of great wisdom and insight, and uh, and I appreciate you yes. having you on my team. That America should not bother trying to be united. Uh, we should learn just to live,
1: yep. coexist. Yep, co-exist. that's right.
0: Coexist. Yep. You know, because. because I think that united, it, 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 and just just look at the discourse right now. No one can agree on what that means.
1: I know. You, know? you can't even agree on what the word means. Yeah.
0: People are yeah. like, oh, Biden says he wants to be united, but look at how much of a liberal he is and all his liberal policies. How's that supposed to unite?" Right? nice? Well, <laughs> right. you know, if you're shocked that a, that a liberal is liberaling and a conservative is <laughs> conservating, well, right. you know, I don't know what to tell you. Co-exist- well, and
1: that kind of brings us to the approach uh, for the monuments, right? Yes. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. We so can't monuments- even agree on that. Uh, The poor beleaguered Bears Eared Monument uh, uh, rolled out to much fanfare a number of years ago. Grand Staircase Escalante 20 years ago now. And uh, I actually remember that. I was at the Republican Convention uh, shortly after the monument was announced, shortly after Bill Clinton went down to Arizona and, you know, announced the monument.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even in Utah, which was so weird. Yeah, well... (laughs) I, I think I it
0: was a message. message. I think it was honestly a yeah, message. Sure. And I remember uh, then Governor Mike Levitt getting booed and not even able to finish his speech. And he was primaried by a guy who uh, so the, the delegates were so mad at him that they forced him into a primary with a guy that had sh- a candidate that had shown up, which just his platform Xeroxed. On white paper. I mean, he he had wow. zero money or anything. And, and all of a sudden he's in this Republican primary. It was just primary. it was this crazy yeah. moment. Yeah. And so it's it's been super, super contentious. Um, we kind of started, you know, with time, we, we we learned to live with the grand staircase. But then the Bears ears kind of brought all those wounds yeah. back up again. and And I'll tell you, Holly. And for the most part, on uh, via text five seven five zero zero, people are saying no to expanding the the national monuments. Yeah. But I think we should. I think that, you know, the, uh, of all the things that we might have, the one thing that we can't create for, for ourselves is more land. You know, and yeah. more wilderness and, and more nature. And and I think that if if those areas were real, just Boomtown gold mines that were ready to provide jobs for thousands and just get Utah's economy cranking even higher. Wouldn't it, Wouldn't we have seen any evidence by now? Wow. I think their only real value to us, Holly, is as Isn't, wilderness. And I think that yeah. in I think that in a couple of decades' time, these monuments at their original proportions will be supported by 99% of Utahns. I think we'll wonder why we ever question them. I think we'll wonder why they were ever controversial because we will love them, appreciate them so much. We will make so much money off of them like we already have been doing in terms of one of the few places in the United States where you can really go and be out in the wilderness. It's so rare.
1: Even with the smaller version, there's still a million acres, but I I think the bigger, I mean, it's, Yes, the conversation is expand, don't expand, expand, shrink. But but I think the bigger conversation is how do you get to that? And doing it by executive order where it changes hands every time the White House changes hands is not a good way to do it. Right. And and one of the things um, from where I sit is if you don't like the other side using executive orders to do things like this, then you should not be encouraging your side to do executive orders for things like this.
0: You know, well, you're right about
1: that. Pass it through the body. Let the body vote on it. Let them have a discussion. You're right about that.
0: But I think honestly, I think that the intervention of the federal government through these executive orders is not a flaw in the executive order system. Although you're right there. I mean, there could obviously be done uh, better. I think it's a flaw in Utah. I don't believe that we really have good insight into our own state. Look at how many times we have to rely on outsiders showing up to point out things that are obviously right. Look, for example, and down in the same area, look in the four corners area where we had generations of grave robbers, people who would, Go out, (laughs) dig up skeletons and steal things off of the bodies and sell them. And they did that, which is, I mean, not just morally gross, but also a violation of multiple laws. And they did it with no recourse until the federal government stepped in and they investigated. They forced to close and they prosecuted. And we complained the whole way, kicking and screaming. This is so unfair. Senator Lee, Senator Lee. I mean, he... Pop Devane complaining about those jackbooted thugs from the federal government who won't let us do our thing. Yeah. And so often it's someone from the outside that has to step in and say, you guys, you guys. <laughs> and I don't that's why I think yeah, when it comes I, to I the, think... the monuments, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a problem with the good I think it's a problem with Utah.
1: Look, I think, I, I think the response from Utah leaders, including the governor, lieutenant governor, and several of the legislative leaders, but they also have included uh, members of the Native American community, they're at least asking to be at the table, right? And, and I think, I, I think that, the, that the idea that the people that it most impacts aren't even at the table, that's not right right? We should not be governing by executive order, but we should not be governing. And whether that's on the federal level or the state level or the municipal level, we shouldn't be governing by saying, you know what, we don't need your voice at the table. All voices need to be at the table, especially the ones that are impacted by that.
0: Well, you're right about that. And this, I think, supports my original assertion. Because which, which county was it? It was a San Juan County that yeah. was forced to vacate their entire county election Because a federal court, again, outsiders, this had been done in Utah for years, no recrimination, no, I mean, just with impunity, we realized that this county had been systematically and openly disenfranchising Native Americans for generations. And who was it that stepped in and made us stop? It was... (laughs) it was the feds it was a federal court that stepped in and said you know what this county you've been doing this for way too long you have to stop and you have to do this right and you know what they did that county immediately put three native americans on their county council Yeah, they did. and and that's what i'm talking about the problem isn't with washington the problem is not with these executive orders the problem is us here in the state of utah there are some things that we do massively wrong massively wrong. well
1: I hope I I actually hope that Utahns will be at the table. I hope that the Native American tribes who are impacted in that area will be at the table. They'll only be there if if
0: they'll only be there, Holly, if uh, the federal government forces Utah to let them uh, at the table. It's the only way.
1: I I don't I don't think that's true. I think that I think that Utah is especially under the new administration, that they are really proactive at reaching out to marginalized communities. And that does include um, our native communities and other communities of color.
0: I I, I think
1: you'll see a difference.
0: You know, when that you know, when that lawsuit was, I mean, you know, when that election was overturned, it was like two years ago.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. You are correct. But I mean, I, I, I think it's say Oh no, we have outreach. We have, we
0: have this. We have that. But I mean, we we now regularly have people from out of state yeah. stepping in and forcing change in our state. And by the way, these are no changes that we would ever walk back from.
1: We I have mean, we have some great activists that are also forcing Utahns to take another look at racial and ethnic divides in our in our state.
0: Well, I hope that we really take another look at those monuments because I think they're so valuable. They're more—they're ma- more valuable as, as economically speaking. They're more valuable as national monuments than they are as, you know, a series of oil and gas leases. I mean, I really think they are. Keep those texts coming in five seven five zero zero. We're going to continue. We've only got one segment left, Holly. Can you believe how quickly this uh, time has gone? It goes so fast. It just flies. <laughs> Keep those texts coming in five seven five zero zero. We'll take a few more of your texts and wrap up our conversation on this here on my bike we'll be right back i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold don't miss cold's new season three where i look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie warren a woman last seen leaving her job at a salt lake city office in 1985 police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains